Okay, hello and welcome to our podcast. Uh, I'm here today with Ollie and Toby. Hello. Wow, so insane. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't meant to do it at the same time. I'm Toby. Guys, right, we've got it. Right, okay, start over, start over. You've ruined the whole thing. We're, we're starting over. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, we're talking about King of Comedy today. Um, pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff. Just finished watching it myself. Did you watch it again today? Yeah, yeah, I finished it like an hour ago. Got, some, got a big multicolored notebook of notes written up here. Oh, that is very Pepe exciting. Still be a board in front of you. <laughs> I um, I've written the king of, and then comedy in really big writing, and then I've written Jerry, just around comedy. And lots of <laughs> different, Jerry. Different he, Jerry is Jerry. Jerry's just written sort of all over the place. <laughs> As he should be. Je- let's talk about Jerry quickly. <laughs> because uh, I feel like I can't start talking about the king of comedy without, without, about addressing, the king of comedy. <laughs> without addressing the king of comedy, which yeah. is Jerry. I wish I, um, uh, I, recorded we talking? Some, I recorded some sound clips of just uh, Robert De Niro shouting. <laughs> and I really wanted to play them in this kind of moment. But uh, I want to know how many times Robert De Niro said Jerry. Oh, I, I want to know. I, I, I hope there's a compilation or something on YouTube like there is for other stuff. Because it's honestly, I think I, rec- I, I, I recorded maybe 15 or 20 times in a single scene. He said Jerry. Epic. <laughs> what, what do you guys, I, or I personally think that it's, it's his best performance, like personally. What do you guys think about that? Jerry Lewis? Or... No, not Jerry. No, no. De, De, Niro, De, Niro. De Niro. Yeah. Jerry's best performance. I can't. Yeah. I mean, De Niro. Interesting, actually, because we, uh, I watched uh, Taxi Driver as sort of um, preparation for this. Yeah, I and, just, um, I finished it like a couple hours ago. Yeah. And then, and then watching King of Comedy again, it really kind of, I kind of expected me to think, oh yeah, his performance in Taxi Driver is amazing as well. But, and it was, but God, it just, it do hit different. It's, it's, it's insane, his King of Comedy performance. It's, it's definitely the better performance out of the yeah. two, which makes me sad because much like De Niro's simping for Jerry, I'm out here simping Taxi Driver. So <laughs> yeah. I'm mildly upset by that. I've, I'm quite happy about it, though, to be honest. I just think I, he this... had space to do more in this, maybe. Yeah. So it's interesting because De Niro actually is the reason this film got made. Scorsese actually didn't want to make another feature film ever again really? he wanted to just make documentaries is, what, so late set late 70s scorsese's out here saying to de niro no thanks me i think i'm done yeah. with movies i'm never gonna do any more yeah. yeah no after raging boy he just decided that he wanted to make documentaries and yeah. robert de niro had bought the rights to the king of comedy script and basically forced marty to make this film that's really cool so clearly, clearly, he wanted to simp for Jerry. Well, I feel, yeah, I, well, I feel like it's not. No, I don't know. I don't know if it's the role he was born to play or anything. But he, he definitely, um, I don't know. He definitely owned it. Like his time, his timing, especially, I thought was very, very good. Something else. I remember um, when I was rewatching it just a bit ago, and it was like the, it's the second scene where. Uh, they're all standing outside and the show's ended and Jerry's coming through to get in his car and the the whole Oh my god, it's amazing happens and it's and insane in the car and, and within about two or three sentences of their conversation starting, I was just like wow. It's like De Niro's just wow. 
it's like, just insane. Yeah. It, it's so, so painful, and it's, it's, it's like it it's so painfully awkward. Painful. It's amazing. It's so desperate and uncomfortable and awkward. That and I it's was like sort of clutching this pillow the entire time. It's and the buddy, you know, the bit when when he gets out of the car and he just he just can't quite like let go of Je- Big oh Jerry, God, so and he just he, he just like can't let he just can't let him leave. You're a prince, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> oh God, that was that was that was the finale of my recordings. Was Jerry, you're a prince. And Jerry, I mean, you're a prince. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry, you're a prince. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jerry, I mean, I mean, ah. Oh. oh, and oh, god, and the bit you know, you know, when he's having a conversation with himself, that is like out of this world, De Niro Which type part? stuff. Which, well, when he's when like, he's they're pretending that he's at dinner. He's, and he's at dinner, dinner, yeah. And yes. Also, so... interesting thing about that. Actually, I don't know if you guys picked up, but you know, when he's um, when he when he's being Jerry like jerry in that scene is like he's wearing like the nearest clothes under his jacket well not, yeah, not exactly he's got, but the, same he's, he's got the same tie and he's got like he's wearing like a blue shirt and like yeah. a blue like kind of un- like um vest or whatever yeah. well i guess because well de niro wears the his outfit is literally exactly mirrored on on jerry's outfit yeah um but it's like jerry's is like it's like check whereas um de niro's is is like striped yeah, it's like pinstripes. It was almost exactly the same, but there's that like one minor difference. Yeah. So was anyone looking at De Niro's outfit and just thinking the entire time that all he needed was Joker face paint? Yeah. <laughs> it is a bit clown-esque. It's yes, very like, clowny. I'm not ready to start talking about Joker yet. Yeah, it's like, like it's it's really inside me so... full of hatred. Yeah, we need to wait till a bit ang- a bit more angry. <laughs> His outfit reminded me of Pee Wee Herman, to be honest, just a little bit. It's like... <laughs> I could imagine putting around a unicycle. I love this white shoes. This white shoes tops it off. I thought he was wearing bloody Air Force Ones for a second. And I was like, put on the other thing here, Back on about, um, like, De Niro's performance. I, I, I do think that, because um, it's kind of that same scene, I kind of noticed this, that, like, there's so many other great elements in this film that all work together to make, like, a really great film. The scene is great, the production design is great, the writing is great, but it's like everything feels like, to me anyway, kind of like 8 out of 10. And then it's like De Niro's performance is just a straight 10. And it's like, I can't help but just be like, see kind of everything else in the film. It's not lesser, but like, it's just De Niro's performance just like blue. It's definitely the, the best part, part of the film, the but I, I, would, I wouldn't say everything else is an 8. Like, I don't know, there's... It's just the timing is ridiculous. I think that's like one. That's like one f- reason I love it so much. And it's actually like it's actually f- like funny. <laughs> like there are there are bits that you actually like proper chuckle at. Oh no, I, um, I, I think that like like although Daenerys' character is very desperate and and other things quite dark. But like he like a lot of the times he's like he's le- he's legitimately funny and charismatic. And I think that's what's like. So one like, bit that actually got me like this proper ha-ha you know when he's um when he's sitting down in between the cardboard cutouts of jerry and and um mrs and Lu- jerry Lucille too from the rest of development yeah yeah when, <laughs> when he when he says hi to jerry and he, and he goes oh don't get up i actually probably burst out laughing it's, it wasn't even that funny but I didn't know and then he just like he like pretends that jerry's made some absolute zinger and he's just absolutely losing his shit at just like yeah. And it's like, yeah and i feel like 
because it seems like even though in this scene neither of obviously the two cardboard cutouts aren't talking but most of the time he's like creating lines for somebody but it's a very interesting like dynamic of him kind of drifting in and out of his what what he wants to happen and what is actually happening it's yeah. really like, it's like there's I, almost bits that are like i do like, love that first like, cut the first cut into jerry jerry robert de niro being alone having the conversation in his head was great i knew the cut was coming but when it happened i was very i was very happy that then the rest of the film started taking on these like fantasy conversations yeah it's like because well, i, I feel saw like... your your thing uh toby the dave big david lynch joke oh yeah <laughs> what's this <laughs> i uh, my i feel like i think my letterbox review was like I, I really like david lynch's film the king of comedy or something yeah because yeah. there were so many points when i was watching it when i was just thinking there were scenes that were like so surrealist they might as well have been a david lynch film yeah <laughs> well, it's like, and there's then... that bit, um you know when it's another bit it's another one of his like fantasy moments and he's talking it's when he's talking to jerry about the tape and there's like a shot of de niro in like that chair from above but like the chair is like it almost looks like it's like not a real it's like too big he looks he looks very small in the chair oh yeah but that that's big like i've got all this stuff about oh like, yeah we can... basically, he basically is, is like he acts like a child and like and like he's, he's yeah. sitting there yeah and he's recording his um like audition tape so he's drinking milk he's oh, i was about, just about to say he that he was drinking like, milk oh i used to drink milk with my mom after school in his like mom um, but yeah he had pasteurized and hers was i don't know some american phrase about alcohol <laughs> yeah um, but yeah i noticed that before we go any further this whole time we have called de niro's character de niro and for anyone who hasn't watched this film, the character's name is actually Rupert Pupkin. And I think yes. that has to be addressed because it's actually yeah. a great name. And I don't want yeah. to not say this. Ru and I love that. Yes. And the, throughout the whole film, every like every character that says his name says his name differently. And it's like, yeah. sometimes... But he knows it as well, which is like, great. It's like Mr. Pubnik, Mr. Pumpkin, obviously. But any sort of a range of letters. I love that, like everyone doesn't just call him pumpkin that people would just spout crap yeah <laughs> honestly i thought his name was richard pumpkin for richard. <laughs> 30 to 40 minutes richard i was just sat there like my man Pam pumpkins out here being being a simp and that and then when he started saying my name's richard pumpkin i was like i was having a crisis rupert pumpkin imagine imagine that happened he was like oh it's often mispronounced and someone just calls him big richard big so, richard yeah. right so what, what were we just talking about before that um i don't know the meaty we, stuff we've gone on to um we've sprayed a lot over um, oh i feel like and stuff i guess before or going back to what he's wearing, actually, just a little saying, saying. Um, yeah, let's break down pup, pumpkin a bit more. Well, I, one thing um, I noticed pumpkin. that I didn't notice the first time, you know, when there's a bit where he's like waiting for Jerry to come out. Oh, and it, also, let's acknowledge that amazing joke when they're waiting for him and they're like, oh, is that him? And she's like, no, it looks too much like him. 
uh, yeah, oh, yeah it, like that, that bit impersonators coming out and yeah, that's cool i like that yeah but yeah the bit where he jerry walks out onto the street and he the first person he interacts with like a fan is literally dressed exactly like um de niro <laughs> And like he's got he's got a mustache and everything. It's like it, and it's like it's almost like there are like there are hundreds of Ruperts around the city just knocking about. He like oh yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. Like, going well, back to, well, on on that point, the um the open the the second scene. I, I love how we just we we throw in straight into the talk show, and then the second scene is them all standing outside and and Rupert. Like he's coming through the crowd and there's all of these like mega fans there. And yeah. you're kind of, you're wondering for a second, like what his place is there. Cause he looks relatively different. He's dressed different to most, to kind of most people there. It's quite out of place. But then you quickly notice like through like what he says to people and stuff that it's like, actually he knows these people very well. He is one of these people and he clearly spends a lot of time here. And although he like looks this way, he actually is is like these others. Yeah, it's interesting because you know I wrote down the uh, the Langer boys, by the way, for the, <laughs> for the Jerry Langford's fans. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, Langer boys. Yeah, the Langer boys. <laughs> well, De Niro apparently like actually went out and met his own stalkers in preparation for the film. Right, that's so, so cool. He said that he he went and met one of his longtime stalkers. <laughs> and basically uh, took them to dinner um and the guy just was just like obsessed with the fact that his mum wanted to say hi that was like the main the main thing that de niro got out of meeting his like big long time stalker was that the guy wanted to tell de niro that his mum said hi and that's where the that's mom great came from. Uh, and uh, that's clearly where the mum came from. Yeah. So shout well, out to De Niro's longtime stalker. And shout out to De Niro's mum as well. Yeah. And shout out to De Niro's mum. Yes, De Niro's mum. <laughs> give, give me a ring. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, it's like... Well, there's that amazing bit as well. You know when Jerry's walking down the street and there's that woman on the phone? And then he, he doesn't he doesn't say hi to her son. And she goes, yeah, you get cancer. You well, could, I, like, I've written down the exact quote one here, one somewhere, because watching it again today, I literally was almost in tears. Uh, <laughs> she, she says you should only get cancer. Very specifically, that's a no, very targeted no viruses, diseases, accidents, nothing else, just cancer. Just that. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna look at my notes. Actually. Well, it's it 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 feeds into the whole thing because the main thing I came away from the King of Comedy with was this idea of celebrity fetishization and this like vicariously living through celebrities yeah. right because i the film finished and the first thing i thought about was all of the kylie jenner stands right that was like immediately the first thing that came to mind and in in like the day and a half since i've watched it it's like it's actually been crazy how relevant this film is to right now yeah it, it seems like it's way more relevant it, it, now than it was even though it's about a talk show it's more relevant now than it was then and that's nuts wait hold on i thought i i actually missed a lot of what you said toby if i'm honest they kept them cutting out but we can just move past this one. Oh, he was talking about um like the relevance of of like how dangerous it is to be obsessed with celebrities when and like how relevant that is today compared to previously Oh, sure. Yeah. 
And, yeah. Uh, like then it, it it's it's so it's so prevalent today. It's like everyone is it's, obsessed with somebody. Basically, it's dangerous. And 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 I guess it's weird seeing it put as a problem here when it feels like there's like there's like millions of these people now. Yeah, I think I think that's what made it feel so dark for me was the fact that when I was when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the fact that I have you know like not obsessed but like I've I've vicariously lived things through celebrities in a way. Yeah, quite a lot of my life, and I feel like a lot of people with technology are, are doing that nowadays. And it was kind of like it made King of Comedy quite stark for me and it made it quite invasive and i felt quite uncomfortable about the idea yeah yeah and especially I, and especially as i would say now it's like it's it's probably hard like like later on in the film uh big rupert he 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 turns up at jerry's like summer house like totally yeah. uninvited and he like found the address very easily turned up there's no one there i feel like it's like it's more it's now more diff. You would not be able to do what he did in that film in the modern day, in like which where these people would live, like. But you could do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I feel like it's like yeah. There's millions more of them now, but it's more difficult to do that. So I feel like only the only the real crazies today. But I feel like people are still doing these things. I mean, like look at Kim Kardashian posting the photo to Instagram, and then two hours later, a hotel room being robbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rupert's. And I, see, no. <laughs> I see a lot with like um youtubers and stuff where they're well, people just show up to the house people just show up to the house all the time yeah and they well, like, and not... the problem is they don't even think it's a problem they're not like yeah yeah oh yeah I, i'm i'm really stalking this person it's like they turn up they're shouting they expect them to come out and yeah hey, well, it's like i come in and have dinner with me like that's well, that's my yeah. thing. Like, well, the King Comedy does that so well, doesn't it? It's like very delusional, and it's not even. It's not even that he just idolizes Jerry. It's like he, he, he's such a like a failure that he like needs to be Jerry rather than yeah. wanting to meet him or be friends with him. But then it's interesting because you, you know the. I actually forget her name. You know the, the girl character. Which one? Marsha. Oh. Marsha. It's like her her motives are like completely different. Like she she's like from like a very wealthy family and like isn't so much of like a like a failure from like a socio economic standpoint. But she is like she wants she is obsessed with Jerry because she's like very obviously um, I don't know how to put it like not lonely but like she I don't. Know. Just um, I'm not so. I I've got a somewhat theory about like her apartment, his where 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 De Niro lives. Like I I was watching it today, and yeah. it's like if if I don't know the scenes where he sat in his basement, where he's in the basement and his mum's shouting right, and he's recording these things, and it's like obviously his mum's dead has been dead for 10 years so his mum's not actually shouting at him so it's like that means that one thing in that scene is clearly a fantasy so why yeah. not more of it like why be just stop there it's like if you actually look at his when he describes where he lives he says i live in a hovel but when you actually look at this basement or whatever he's living in it's like apparently this ridiculously expansive place yeah. with like this set 
of like for a talk show and yeah. all of these tapes and this expensive recording equipment and then that part where he's like rehearsing in front of that wall of 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 um of people like of like an audience and they're like yeah. laughing and it's weird because it kind of kind of feels like they're laughing at him it doesn't feel like they're laughing at his jokes yeah definitely um, but it's like if you look at the walls and stuff in there um clearly it's meant to still be his basement because like the walls are the same but it's like this is this huge expansive space that's come out of nowhere and it's like where is this really and i don't well, think that that's real at all potentially it it could also be his little pad where he wants to keep jerry could be his jerry holding pad <laughs> Well, you know, he's got to have a basement fully um, equipped to accommodate Jerry. parents is definitely very interesting. Like, that, I think... Wait, hold on. I think it, people... It keeps on cutting out. Hold on. No, I didn't say anything for like five seconds then. There was uh, I think yeah. b before that, it was... Um, oh, it was it was, it was a bit choppy. I think it's okay now. I think it's you because Toby's coming through fine. You're coming through fine for me. Oh yeah, it's def it's definitely just me. But like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I was gonna fun. say, um, what makes it so you so sure that her apartment is real as well? Because when they come out of the apartment block and you look at the building that she's come out of, it doesn't look like an apartment like that. It doesn't look like that apartment could be in that yeah. building. Yeah, 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 and, and it makes me think that potentially her apartment's not real either. <laughs> this is oh, interesting, interesting because yeah. when I was watching when I was watching Taxi Driver last night, I suddenly realised that actually potentially the majority of the film isn't real. Yeah, I know that everyone talked. I know that everyone talked about the ending, obviously being a fantasy. Yeah, but yeah. when I was watching it yesterday, I started thinking about the fact that actually the re you never see him violent scenes happen and then he's just in his apartment it just always cuts to him in his apartment even after when he tries to assassinate palpatine, palpatine. <laughs> it's like he can't he just immediately is back in his apartment and he's constantly taking amphetamines and drinking yeah. so oh, yeah like, oh yeah yeah the he's reality is taxi unique. driver is most of it is probably in his head and then i was thinking about king of comedy oh he has got a lot of bad ideas in his head remember uh, yeah <laughs> and it feels the same way it feels the same way it's like you can't really put an objective pin on a they're lot very of similar stuff. characters i think Rupert pumpkin and travis pickle they're, they're like incredibly similar travis yeah Is this real travis travis pickle? Pickle. his travis pickle yeah yeah, pickle, and or, or pickle. Pickle. Oh, okay. I thought it was Travis Pickle. I was gonna say, what the fuck is Travis Scorsese pickle. in his name and his characters? Uh, also, also going on to um, <laughs> he's just, he's just, he's hungry. But um, before he gets right into the game. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin. Going on to um, taxi driver quickly though, with that idea of it not uh, perhaps being real, it's interesting. I noticed that on this watch that in. In the moments that he is like acting on his, like what, like the, the violent, the violent part, the the, the peak of the third act when he's still do, he's doing his bits, he's going around killing people. Um, the jacket, his jacket is his war jacket. It like doesn't have his name on the back, and like in every other scene when he's wearing that jacket, his name is on the back. Oh yeah, that, that that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I thought, um, 
this is such a tiny tidbit, but bloody uh, Travis definitely could have killed Palpatine if he wasn't so keen to bloody shoot, <laughs> shoot Palpatine. He's like he's walking, strolling up like twenty meters away, pulling out his huge magnum. Wait, maybe maybe <laughs> if he didn't out, have a gun that big, you wouldn't have any problems. Gun. It's like he could have taken him out easy. Right, sorry, continue. It's like, yeah. a, or it's like an elephant hunting pistol. Yeah, you could have shot. Know. <laughs> so you see from a mile away, yeah. <laughs> and everything would have been fine. <laughs> but it wasn't real. It wasn't real anyway. They're both very uncomfortable films. Real. Oh, okay, yeah. Can we? Um. Uh, I've lost it. No, oh, someone else carry on. Boys. Stop joking around about the magnums. Get onto serious business. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about how well written the dialogue was? In King of Comedy. Now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At every point, I could see how Rupert was like inferring what he what he what he was clearly thinking. It's like the dialogue was written so well that you could tell that these people were politely telling him to get lost. But also you could see how he was getting so caught up in it. It was actually nuts. It was like the, they were, some of the characters were talking. I was just thinking, like, stop saying this. He's there like like an eager puppy. Like well, that's it, though, isn't it? It's like what? he's so like thirsty. He can't even so figure, figure out that he's like completely <laughs> overstepping every social boundary there is. He's so thirsty for Jerry the Thought. James. It's like uh, I know. <laughs> It's like you know um, the bit where where they, Jerry's all tied up and he's he's having he's he's like talking to Jerry, but then he's having like a side conversation with Martha. Yes. And he can't quite figure out what he wants, and she's almost telling him what to do, but he's like it's 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 almost like a different it's like a different thing entirely because he's like stepping out of his the conversation that he wants to have with Jerry into into this. Like almost like interruption into how he wants things to go. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I don't know. He already March. Let her put a red jumper on him for twenty minutes, and in, yeah. in his eyes, it, she, which looked great, by the way. Oh, can I? I... <laughs> 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 Am I the only person who was confused about the arms being detached? Is that just a thing? Yeah, that she hadn't finished it. She just hasn't finished it. Okay. Oh, I was, I was like, take those arms off. That's gonna be a mental sweater vest. Yeah, yeah. Keep, it's like, the arms off. Off. The sweater vest would actually look great. Why? Why were the arms detached? Well, they, it wasn't because it wasn't finished. Yeah, it wasn't finished. Okay. I, I thought sure. it might have been like a tailoring thing. Maybe you leave I... the arms detached on a sweater until you've they've tried it on, and then you're like, yeah, right. these arms are great. Let's let's attach. <laughs> like, yeah, modular sweat yeah. vest. Modular sweat vest. <laughs> oh, also, actually, um, speaking of dialogue and acting and stuff, like considering De Niro is a massive legend actor and this is arguably one of his best performances, let's acknowledge that Marth, Big Martha was like, like holding her own, like completely, like again, like in the same room as him. It was like her her performance is mental as well. Yeah, and I feel like you don't really see too much of it until she's alone with Jerry. And there's the yeah. whole sequence is going. That sequence is just like arguably. I it's like it's weird. It's like at the same time you're seeing uh, Rupert like he he's doing he's doing the uh, he's doing the show and he's going in and there's all that happening which is what he's wanted the whole time. But then this other scene is going on at the same time and it's being intercut. 
and I'm almost more interested in this scene with yeah. her because it's so it's so good. It also looks great. <laughs> it was so so deeply uncomfortable. She made me so uncomfortable. I think like with with Rupert, it was I was I felt so uncomfortable because of how desperate his his presence on screen is. But like he he's got a mustache and he looks kind of friendly. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Well, he, he's incredibly friendly. So like, intense. Yeah, she's a different box of frogs. It's, um... Actually, when I was watching this time, I was like, wait a minute. Is Rita and Marsha the same person? Because they're never in a scene together. And he's like imagining that they're different people. And then I looked at it and it was like, no, it couldn't be that. But for a bit, I was like, I was like I've bloody, I've broken the matrix. It is her in Taxi Driver in the porn theatre. It is the same actor. Oh. Okay. As yeah, I thought it was. I thought it wasn't, but it was. It did look like her, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, when he um he first goes into the cinema and he's like proper nonsense on that woman. He tries to hit porno theatre. Yeah. A Miss Lady, and she she threatens to call Mister Manager. Yeah, and he wants some. Uh, he wants some. He wants some gum gums. Oh he yeah, he's the same. He's the same person. Yeah. I I noticed that as well, but I only just clocked onto what we actually talking about. Um, what's I gonna? What I had something to say about the cinema. In taxi driver. Um, right, so yeah. You wanted to know where it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It. You wanted to. You wanted to know where it what, the address. <laughs> Are you gonna go yeah. there now? I can't remember. I, maybe I see. I didn't make any notes for Taxi Driver because I didn't think it would come up as frequently. Well, but I just feel like it's so. It's quite relevant. It's, it's so in the same. Okay, so the thing that I've decided over the past two days is that literally Scorsese's entire filmography that isn't Taxi Driver and King of Comedy can do one <laughs> because that period of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy is just insane. That like look into the loner mind is just the best bit. I, we also need to acknowledge massive legend Paul Schrader though. He was definitely the the like the brains behind Taxi, Taxi Driver. Driver. Yeah, because yeah. he he is he's not the king of comedy, but he's the king of depression. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what that's what he is. <laughs> like first reformed and Mi- Mishima. Paul Schrader does know how to write a good depressed protagonist. Yeah, basically. And also, maybe maybe uh, the best Scorsese cameo as well. <laughs> Which one, Taxi Driver or King of Comedy? Definitely well, Taxi Driver. Right? Well, they're, they're both great, but the bit in uh, King of Comedy when the person's like, you're the director, can you help me? And he's like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Because when I, I was just on Google when I was looking things up for this film earlier, I saw Scorsese was the TV director, is what he's listed yeah. for on IMDb. Yeah. So when does he actually come up? Because I honestly yeah. didn't. I didn't clock him in this in this second. Oh, time. it's it's when he's it's when he's um when Rupert is about to go on stage and he kind of strolls into the set and no one really knows what's what's about to happen. Yeah. And he he, I've, I've, he does he does he talk to him? Does Rupert talk no, to him? Like, wait wait, do you mean right at the end? And then he no no no. This is like. When he first turns up to the studio set, what, the guy that takes the piss out of him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 not like yeah. that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then he walks off, and then the shot holds on Marty, 
doing mighty things. Oh, okay. I just I just, I, I've moved on to the next shot. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. you've forgotten about that one. Yeah, fair. It's um, nowhere near as good as the taxi driver one because well, he cameo. looks sexy in the taxi driver. One. He's he's terrifying in the taxi driver, like actually terrifying. Oh well, yeah. Well, when he's in the cab, it's quite intense. Yeah. But when he's like sat outside Palpatine's Sith office, it's like quite. It's quite. He looks quite epic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, going back to somebody's. Uh, going back to the darkness of king comedy i think the the most like the bit where it gets dark for me is the is his live performance on tv it's like so sad and it's because all of his all of his like anguish of like why he wants to be like someone oh that's something actually which i thought was interesting so the the tagline for taxi driver is like like in every place like someone wants to be a someone or something yeah i thought that was much more that would be much more fitting for this film but i don't know but um yeah it's like let me google it it's um it's something like in every place there's someone who wants to be a somebody or something along those yeah but i thought that would work better with the king of comedy with the king of comedy but yeah it's like in that moment it's like because we never really know we never really know about his act until then and his act is just him like trying to process his like horrific childhood of like torment and like not being appreciated because when he sat in jerry in the fancy sat in jerry's office and they're talking about his tape and jerry's basically saying how do you do it and he's he's like sat with his like legs crossed like a kid and his hands like in his lap it's, it's, he's very small in that chair it's, it's like, like... i look at the things in my life that are sad and i turn it into jokes and yeah. then when you hear that monologue at the end that like opening speech when he comes on stage it's just pure depression piling out of his mouth yeah yeah it's actually like he got like abused by his dad and like yeah. he never he never had a proper relationship with his mum and he always just get get picked on by other kids but like i think where he obviously got laughed at as a child that's that's where his like need for like to be uh, the funny a, affection yeah. comes from yeah but I, I i got the uh yeah the the official like tagline for taxi drivers on every street in every city there's a nobody who dreams of being a somebody but that's the king of comedy really that so, is literally king of comedy. They, they probably just used it and they're like fuck we can't use that again so when he arrives and he's like, the king is here. Yeah. I was like... He, he describes himself as Mr. King as well. Mr. King. It was like, <laughs> what is this? It's like, it's such a power. It's like, he's so desperate for the power of fame, I think. That it's like, it just bleeds into everything he says and creates. Well, it's like he he, autogra- he gave a girl his own autograph. It's like he. Oh, yeah, that's actually ridiculous when he does that. Not a good Tinder date. Can we talk about that? Tinder date. Can we talk about that date? Because of yes. the, the the guy in the background <laughs> who's reacting to the whole conversation that they're having, and he's like, yeah. he's quite in 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 like in the front of the frame, kind of. You can clearly see what he's saying. And when I was watching it, I actually kind of felt like he was emoting what she was thinking in her head. Yeah, that's what I thought today. Because, because 
he like as his story gets more ridiculous he starts to like act out like he's like putting his hands up in the air like wow like that's amazing and he's like worth saying what he's saying and then the second it gets to a point where it's like she's totally done with him and and it's clear in her face that she's like lost interest like he just stands mm. up and walks away as yeah soon as, as soon yeah. as a, a frown comes on her face he stands up and leaves I thought yeah that's quite interesting I know yeah. there was. I'm pretty sure there's always at least one person in the background, like simping over Rupert in all of those fantasy scenes. Well, there's. There's. A, I think in the in the when they're having dinner, there's the person like pe- like drawing them, and then yeah, at the date, the comes and yeah, it's almost the opposite. Of, it's like that was actually his reality and in the fantasy somebody comes and like loves him and 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 creates something for him or appreciates yeah. him whereas in his actual reality it's somebody taking the piss out of him well it's yeah. like he the other he, person in the restaurant is taking the piss out of everybody yeah says. yeah but it's like he he quite obviously dislikes himself as a person as well i think that's why whenever whenever he like he's in a situation where he can imagine hit someone else in his shoes it's like they're they're even they're even like hard like not harder to watch than him but he it's like he can't he can't even acknowledge what he's like as a person when he's like talking to himself yeah and it's so it's so you can he's so insecure it's almost like the suit he wears is like a suit of armor it's like this comical suit and with his with his mustache, I'm sorry, people with mustaches, but it's like there's something about it that makes yeah. it feel like he's adopting this clownish persona, yeah, in order to protect himself from people taking the piss out. Clownish persona, oh, clownish persona, going no, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Phillips, right, go on. Going yeah. back to um, what you said about him, like obviously being. A child, like a child almost yeah. like drinking the milk and everything have you um the only time we ever see him use his briefcase is to get a, like a sandwich out which i thought was just like he's carrying around a big lunchbox basically which i thought was great it's literally it's a lunchbox yeah. yeah you're right he never gets yeah, anything yeah it's it's great it's just he's he's he is just a little boy <laughs> yeah i think some i think i think the most troubling scene i think the scene where i sort of like started thinking about those things was the wedding scene i feel yeah. like the wedding oh yeah definitely the worst like look into his head you've got jerry who's this man he doesn't know as his best man well he there's a bit where he He's, like there's a moment where he should look at his wife but before he looks at his wife he turns around and looks at jerry yeah it's it's, and, really, it's, it's great girl he's marrying is someone he barely knows but is just trying to impress her and then the guy that's marrying them the priest is actually just his old high school teacher who's apologizing for the way that everyone treated him when he's a kid yeah it's like crazy what he actually says in that scene yeah you're you're right i'm wrong yeah it's so apparent there's no like nuance to what he says it's like everyone in the world has wronged you and i'm literally yeah. apologizing for everything that anyone has ever done for you in your life yeah but that's, that's almost like for arthur fleck and then he wouldn't have shot anyone <laughs> yeah but isn't that almost that's a very like um innocent way of wanting forgiveness isn't it it's like 
it's a very, it's almost like a very child look childlike way of wanting an apology just you're you're right i'm wrong yeah. everyone loves you it this feels is... like he's constantly living trying to like fix his past like he's not living in the now oh definitely the future. he's constantly just trying to compensate for the fact that he was a failure yeah exactly it completely he like his whole life is one big one big failure one big and oh, one uh one thing going back even further to something you said earlier you know when we're saying about how he put like potentially doesn't even live where we think he lives like, with his mum and all this kind yeah. of stuff you yeah. know when he's walking down the street with martha um he says like oh what he's like what about all the things i've done for you that um like money can't buy he says he says like oh i like one time i couldn't even pay my rent or whatever but um so well, i imagine that if he was living with his mum and kind of she treats him like a child and he, he wouldn't be paying rent so that that's like another yeah big reason that he obviously yeah. doesn't live with his mum. yeah well i think i don't know on the first time i watched it i was like oh he says in his act that she died nine years ago but did she really and then it's like now i'm like yeah maybe like dead. Yeah. yeah it's i it's either the it's either just the fact that he thinks she stopped loving him nine years ago or the more probable reality which is she's dead yeah yeah <clears throat> or it's just a big funny joke <laughs> It was a Christmas joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That um, when they're in the office and and Jerry's like he really wants to know how he does it and all this and he's and when you said he was like cross-legged or whatever, it's yeah. weird. The chair is this like it's like a therapist weird, chair. It's a weird thing, and he's like he's almost totally horizontal. Yeah. He's like he's like, he's, like, he's, like his butt is like in this weird egg chair or something. And then he's yeah. like, he's like almost lying down on the floor, and the camera yeah. is so high. The, the chair like, is definitely too like it's it's not chair. a normal chair. It's, it's 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 so apparent that they're trying to make him seem small and 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 um, like vulnerable. Yeah. Well, it's like you know when he's when he's waiting and on that on that next to that pillar, and he's just look he's looking up at the sea, he's look like looking up at the sky. Yeah, I feel that's a very kid thing to do. Oh yeah, he started, and and even though he he like makes quite an adult conversation about the cork, and yeah, the material of the ceiling. Oh, when he gets it's, cut off there, it's like someone like, interrupts him. It's actually yeah. amazing. It's it actually like so good. something that like a a little in like twelve year old who, who thought he was an intellectual would say to some woman. It'd be like he starts saying shit about cork because he's read something about cork and he thinks it makes him sound like an adult. It's yeah, like, exactly. Adult like to me. Yeah. Well, it's like there's that great bit, you know, when he finally walks into the office space down that like blue corridor. Yeah. Like the, the camera in that moment is so like, um, it's 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 so weird. It's like, well, he's obviously going somewhere that he's not meant to go, and it's like it's it's somewhere that he, it's like I don't know. It's almost like the like where the like the adult world that he isn't like ready to go uh, go in. I don't know. And I, and I love yeah. that the the entrance to the offices almost like this grand like sci-fi entrance it's like this crazy like blue like low blue light and it's really dark and you and you it's quite like shiny i think the entrance i seem to remember and then it's like when you actually get to the offices they're really boring offices yeah it's like he has this yeah. picture of what is going to be through there 
and then, yeah and then what the reality is like these crappy offices <laughs> yeah exactly i i found that i found that there was way more of that like quite like not on the nose but quite intense like imagery in this compared to like all of scorsese's other work that yeah. i've seen this and taxi driver really stand out to me as like like i said earlier there were moments in this film especially when it's the cameras pulling away from him in front of that black and white crowd yeah it's probably my favorite and shot in the entire film it, yeah and it's like it's pulling away and at first it's like the the amazement at the size of the crowd and then when the when the the crowd like caps and it starts pulling away down the hallway and it's just getting like smaller and smaller and smaller and he's just yeah. like blending into the crowd yeah you just get more and more lonely it's like the imagery that's being used is is quite intense compared to like the subtlety of the rest of scorsese's work yeah and at times especially that scene it really feels like quite surrealist yeah I, there's I, a lot of, there's I a lot of wild bits especially on, especially on that scene that's one scene that i feel like that's one scene i can really put in my head as as like very strongly surrealist like yeah that's one scene where there's no doubt in my mind that the that this scene isn't really happening but it's like a it's his imagination it's just or... like yeah it's just like images presenting ideas basically yeah, yeah there's a great bit as well when um when martha is chasing jerry across the road and this the camera does like an almost like real footage type like documentary vibe but i think i think they um i don't know how you guys i haven't really researched into how they actually shot it in new york and stuff but it felt like to me they had in every time they were doing these long walking shots down down the streets they would have about maybe six paid extras it felt like and, yeah um that would follow them but there were also it felt like a lot of people in the street that had no idea what was going on because because a lot of the time i'm looking at people in the background and it's like some of them are looking at the camera and some of them are looking at uh like de niro and 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 marcia yeah and, like, and they're yeah. shouting at each other I, I know i noticed it feels, that it feels like it feels like genuinely like there's a few people sprinkled in like like giving um like looking always at their argument and then you kind of don't notice the people looking at the camera at all but i think they yeah it to me it feels like they really just went for it and walked down a street in new york and shot it, it that's how i see that they did it but I don't know what the actual reality was. I wouldn't be surprised. And there's so, because in a lot of scenes, there's so, so many people on the streets. I can't imagine. Like, I, I feel like it's hard to kind of get that kind of uh, permission in New York City. Yeah, just, to, like, yeah. just to block off that kind of radius for like such a short. It was a pretty, it was a pretty small film for Scorsese. Oh, yeah, the budget feels very, the budget feels very small as well. Yeah. Because it was $19 million. It doesn't feel expensive either. Yeah, and it only made two point five million dollars. Really? At the box office. Very, so I, I wish it was more. It was, a, it was a commercial, like a genuinely like a huge commercial flop. I know this is bad. Yeah. But it's bef genuinely before Joker had come out. I'd never heard of it, and I only heard it... of it because everyone kept saying that the Joker was basically the king of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. The taxi I. 
literally the the artwork for king of comedy has rupert pumpkin on a fucking joker card yeah like i saw I'm, that and I'm it says joker right next now. to his name and i was like i'm so upset <laughs> but someone i saw someone remade the artwork for joker they they just literally ripped off I, I think it was intentional but they just ripped off the king of comedy uh poster yeah um right before we get on to um our hatred for joker, hatred for the joker um <laughs> i feel like i'd like to talk about a bit in depth about some of the scenes later on in the film because i feel like we talked quite in depth about some scenes early on i'd like to talk we've about kind of been jumping ending. back and forth we a little bit a lot, but i feel like we've missed yeah. quite a lot in the like that's all right, middle all right. to the middle of like the third act yeah <laughs> it's like i, I... want to talk about the housekeeper scene and how funny <laughs> the housekeeper is Oh, yes. the bit when he's like, "You done good, Mr. Langford." Yeah, you done good, Mr. Langford. <laughs> 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 Langford. And he's like, "I'm, about, I'm about to have a heart attack." It's or when he's on the phone and he's like, and he's just, oh, it's so funny. Oh. What does he <laughs> say? He's like, "There's someone." What does he say? He's like, they, "He's like, they want to stay the whole weekend." He's like, "He's like, he's like, yeah." And he's like, he knows everything. He knows you're he, playing golf. I don't know how he knows. And um. Yeah, he looks... Did you notice that he looks exactly like the Nazi doctor from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I did <laughs> the not. The one in the big leather um, jacket with the top hat nah. the one that melts in the first... Isn't he like a bold man? He's basically... No, he's got, he's got a... He's got like a he's I swear he's a bold white man. No. And this this housekeeper that you're comparing him to is like an old Japanese no, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I, swear, yeah, I, I, I remember Indiana Jones man being not oriental not, no, not Japanese because he's one of the because he's like they're pally with the Nazis the Japs are on the Nazi side that's why he's, I guess no, so. I he's guess. definitely not isn't he the inspector or something oh another another thing actually I could kind of go going away from this whole oh, fiasco oh but um one. he's very white i've just found out yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like a bold white man apologies he's not even bold apologies if i've offended anyone uh <laughs> yeah, apologies to all the bald and japanese it's, men it's all japanese watching people and bald white yeah. men i'm really and, and they are good. easily confused okay but all right i feel bad now i feel like i <laughs> i felt it was very funny and now i feel bad <laughs> <laughs> he was very funny um, a few lines between Rupert and Jerry I just want to read out um, towards the end of the scene he, but when they're when they're having an, when they're, like their debate about like, what's happening at his house yeah yeah and yeah, uh, okay. Rupert says I'm sorry Jerry <laughs> I just made a mistake and Jerry says so did Hitler and <laughs> I yeah. still don't think I quite understand what the I hell think, Jerry's talking about? I, I do, do what I, I honestly just think that it's just Martin just not being the biggest, like, well, who, well, the writer. Martin They're just not, I, I just, biggest Hitler fan. No, 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 I just think it's them not being like the biggest comedy genius in the world. Because there are, like, it's a very funny film, but there are a few moments that are a bit like, oh, it's like, I could have done without that. You know, like, you know, when, when Marsha throws the glass behind her and there's like a cat? It's like, that's very, like, yeah, not funny. Yeah, but it's like I think the Hitler comment is just like it just sort of cuts for. I think the reason is because it just sort of like cuts through. It feels yeah. so out of place like, when you hear it. Like, you sort of do a double take because Rupert is <laughs> not listening to anything that he's saying yeah. or, or yeah. picking up on any of the social cues he's giving. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say, even though it's even though it's something we've kind of 
very, like established a lot of him not being able to kind of uh like realize what's appropriate and what's like actually being said but in and like not being able to like leave people after they've left him in this bit it's like he completely blurs the line of what he actually thinks is happening but in a sense that he he almost like pretends that it's like a like a gag it's like a joke but not not just for his um well not his girlfriend but you know, Rita sake. yeah it's not just for her sake but like for his sake as well it's like he yeah. like he he he's like completely lost it at this point and he ge- he genuinely can't like it, kind of um acknowledge the fact that they're not friends and they don't know each other and it's and it's, so he, he's referencing the conversation the, the the fantasy conversation that they yeah. had in their head earlier and yeah. he has no idea what he's talking about but it's it's almost like he really believes that conversation took place oh completely I, yeah I, I this i think that was the point where i was like is this some weird thing where marsha and rita are the same person um the point that the made me think there definitely weren't was because jerry like like is almost nice to rita not nice yeah to her, i think it's, like, it's, it's he, when he's knows, standing uh... on the stairs he like puts his arm out and like brings her it towards the the lounge you would never do it if that was if it was the yeah. other girl yeah um, exactly but but then uh... apart from that he basically doesn't even look at her like the whole time that's so well, he, bet, he barely says anything yeah, he literally, yeah, I love. I actually love the fact that he basically doesn't. He doesn't have to say anything in that scene. He literally yeah. stands there for. He just lets. Bloody well, it's well, it, is that brilliant though? Because nearly every conversation that Rupert has with Jeff is is like completely one sided. Because he has it, he has it, he has it with himself. himself anyway. So yeah. and this conversation yeah. that he's actually having with Jerry, it's like he's he's. Um, He's like not. He like can't even let him speak. <laughs> well, it's like he's practiced these conversations so much that when it actually gets to the conversation, he basically talks for both of them. Well, he says and... that in the taxi at the not the taxi. He says that in the car at the start, doesn't he? He's like, oh, I've had this conversation so many times in my head. Yeah. Like, yeah, did it always go to this? He's like, yeah, it did. Jerry asked him, did did it always turn out this way? And he said, yeah, as a matter of fact, it did. Because that's the only conversation they have that actually goes the way he wants it to go. Yeah. Like that's every other conversation. Part of me thought that I was thinking earlier whether that conversation actually <laughs> took place. Oh, it definitely did. <laughs> so, it I don't want to be. I don't want to be like every everything in this film is is fakery. He I woke up and it was dream. I was just like, feel like I was suddenly I was just looking for everything to not be real. <laughs> well, yeah. Scorsese. I think Scorsese said in the Criterion documentary about. Oh yeah. It, that basically he intended for the entire film to basically be fantasy basically yeah. be the conception of fantasy and that fantasy was more than reality and that it it, it arguably none of it's real yeah well like it's like what what's the first thing that like you'd immediately think of when you think oh everything's going to go the way i want it to be my life's going to go good from now on like it's this is like i'm gonna make the rules you you picture yourself as a, like a king you are like you're like oh, yeah. oh i'm the king i'm yeah. like a king of the world and he well he is the like he refers to himself as the king and it's just uh, it's very sad <laughs> it's very depressing it is it's like even though i was laughing at some moments that are just like outrageously ridiculous it's like overall i was quite sad coming out of yeah it. 
and it's I like, didn't feel good coming out of it. You know, when he's at, when they're at Jerry's house, there's there's like a very um, there's a bit where there's like all the emphasis is on them. Um, Rupert is looking at Jerry's like photos of him as a kid. Yeah, and he's obviously had a very happy upbringing. He's like yeah. smiling in all the photos. They're all like very well presented in like nice frames. They, they, like, they, kind of, like, they, on they display. Hold, they hold the frame on that last picture as the one of like the first picture of him at high school and he said that he shows it to everybody in class they literally hold that frame for so long yeah it's like um de niro's line ends and i swear they don't cut for like six seconds or something they say yeah. making you stare at this yeah sorry in that in that scene where they're at jerry's house i absolutely love it when rupert's like pushed out of the lounge essentially and into the hallway near the door yeah, and Rupert's like framed in the like glass, one of the like glass panes in the door, and it's like Rupert's like looking through essentially the window at Jerry. Yeah, as Jerry's like shouting Hitler at him and stuff and trying to get to him, <laughs> and it's like I just loved that. Yeah, that, like that boundary placed on him as if he's like an onlooker because the film basically starts with him looking through the car i was gonna say this the the actual the title sequence is is in it's like my favorite title sequence from scorsese at least if not one of my favorite ever because it's like that image a freeze frame of him looking into jerry's life of of someone it's like someone is like um well martha is like completely obsessed with him giving giving jerry like all this love and affection and wanting to be um like with him all the time and he's like everyone's going crazy behind him it's all popping off and he kind of slowly and calmly bends down and, and this with a straight face just peeks through the window e- even in between her, her fingers he's like peeking through her fingers it's amazing like he's not meant to be looking and i like the fact that martha's hands are like up on the window and it's like the the darker reality that is not it's almost, it's, almost yeah. it's almost like a monster it's great it reminds me of the girl's hands like on the television in poltergeist with the blue light yeah it almost like that blue light coming down on it almost a tv screen yeah basically it's, yeah yeah and it's, it's like great. it's the the like the like the light on de niro in that moment it's just so perfect and, well, it's like, and it holds it for so the entire sequence for quite a long time yeah it's and, so and, long like, i never got bored either no yeah i know it's the music choice is great I'm and it and i i and i'm totally engaged the whole yeah time. <laughs> but it's like it because it's a, it's like a flash it's literally like a split second and that 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 split second is like a is like a it's like we see exactly we know exactly what is going like we know what we're in for at that moment we're like it's yeah. it perfectly that like the shot exactly just sets up the entire next two hours better than better than than the whole scene could have it's great it is it summarizes the entire film essentially it is it's great i love the fact that building on that when you see the few shots of jerry's like private life and he's just like sadly drinking a whiskey at his dinner and i just love this idea that his life is actually quite miserable and quite yeah. stressful and he's not happy but this like idolization from rupert m- makes him just like view everything becomes a fantasy even real things that he's viewing are being like Distorted. twisted yeah. and I, it's just it's so intense 
I I wouldn't I I wouldn't hesitate to call this film in a lot of ways. Like I just the, the more I think about it, I think there isn't a single scene or sh or shot in this film that's wasted at, at all. It's like I wouldn't call it a perfect film, but it's it's close to it in my opinion. Pacing was really good. And the, the, did you say I, the opening? I, the pacing. Oh, okay. oh yeah, the pacing was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, the painting was just so good. It just so it just flowed. Everything flowed so well. The moment I I I think the moment I noticed that the painting was was great was straight after this scene. It's uh, straight after sorry the scene we were just talking about at the the like summer house. Um, oh yeah. It literally cuts straight to Robert De Niro as Magnum PI, and and he's and he's ready to kidnap Jerry. And there's, yeah. there's no, yeah. the thing no is, fucking there's, about. There was no need for anything in between there. But most yeah. filmmakers yeah. would have. It felt like there could have been many scenes in between those two scenes, it, and we just got it. Well, it's like so. So ready to talk. <laughs> now it, it initially it felt crowbarred, but after I was very happy with it just going straight to that. Yeah. Well, it's it's like that's that's exactly how it panned out in uh, Rupert's head. He was like, if this doesn't work, next step, the the next thing, the only thing he cares about from that point onward is okay. This is like Plan B. Here we go. This isn't work. This is what we're doing. <laughs> it's like a real. There's a real. He could go to a few comedy clubs, do a few gigs. People like his act. The producer would have come down. He could have been on the Jerry Langford show in a month or two, yeah. in like a real yeah. legitimate way but that didn't that wasn't the the second step for him the fact that the jerry didn't instantly think he was a a mega genius was was that was it for him suddenly that was it, it's only, I, I have to go and kidnap and force my way onto the show yeah. that's the only next option well, can we talk about how me, i'm going to force jerry <laughs> yeah well can we talk about how absolutely amazing the uh the the fuck what are they called the the the, the board the boards that he holds up what are they oh, called like uh, cards yeah, yeah cards. they're so yeah. good they're so good <laughs> I, I, the bit the 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 shot of him where it just says I have a gun was my profile picture on Letterbox for a good <laughs> for a good long while <laughs> I love when he just comes flying out the car and the gun just like goes flying down oh, the he flings it down the street he's such and a him like do i wait and it's like jerry mate you a guy in a, with a mustache and a fedora just came flying out of a taxi <laughs> also, how, how genius is it it's such a genius gag in the on the on the the writer's behalf that when jerry phones up to ask for help they just write him off as, yeah. as an impressionist they're like oh, they're like, oh it's like martino, the impressionist, that martino yeah. impressionist. Oh, the impressionist <laughs> he's on calling as as jerry like how hilarious is that and then, and then, and then De Niro's like, "Oh yeah, they treated me like that on the phone too." Almost like he's going to convince Jerry that the the big bad corporation is is the bad guy, and that Jerry's actually yeah. a good guy or something. Yeah. But well, how do we um? You know, we were talking about a suit earlier. How do how do we feel about his suit on the big night? Because I I think I'm I'm looking at it now, and it's it's full of well, it's like circles, isn't it? It's full of little circles, and they they almost look like eyes. And it's 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 quite literally like a kind of all eyes on me type. Situation. It is literally all eyes on me. So yeah, I'm looking at it now as well, and that is exactly what it is. It's great. Yeah, it's just the 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 costume design, and this I I think there's like there's not a there's not a aspect of this film that isn't like strong enough to be 
uh, as good as the as good as the last, you know. But it's Everything is great, like as good as the last bit. Hey, Everything's yeah. a good each other. I was like, damn, there's there's, <laughs> there's, there's a King Hardy prequel. Joker prequel, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, what we didn't see of Travis Bickle is him trying to make it as a stand-up comic. <laughs> it does feel in a way like Scorsese and De Niro are trying to like kill the loner hero they created with Taxi Driver. It does feel like in some regards they feel a bit responsible for the creation of the loner hero. And in this, they make the protagonist like quite unlikable. Unlikable in this. See, I don't know. I think he's I very likable. It's like his whole like, even when he's doing bad things, when he's like talking to the FBI about how it's like, oh well, in that case, Jerry's dead, and he's yeah, just like, he's, he's very like straight about it. When he meets, yeah, like when he meets new people, he still shakes their hand. He always goes for a handshake. He's always like, oh, ha like have a nice day, like nice to meet. It's like he um he's so like he's so like fussed about being likable yeah. that he 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 never his like manners never fall short which is really like, I feel it's, like it's quite sweet. makes him very unlikable for me is that like obsession with his vanity yeah but it's like it's almost quite like not heartwarming but it's like it's quite um i don't know it's almost it's so pathetic that you can't help but feel Sorry for him. I don't know. Yeah. I I um I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel like. Do you feel like if 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 Rupert was, he could be the person he wants to be. It's like he has the ability to do it. I feel like I when I see in these like fantasy scenes, yeah, I guess they're fantasy, but even his real performance, it's like he has the ability, somewhat to do what he actually wants to do yeah just well do you not, do you not think that maybe it's like his circumstances and like environment throughout his entire life has sort of led him to a point where he he will the person he's become can no longer achieve this but yeah it's almost like like jerry could have been the same as him i feel like a lot of you've got to be like a narcissist and a bit of a sociopath to be like one of yes. those people anyway so it's like yeah like now he he's he's kind of pictured as this like crazed loner but it's like a, but a few little things go different and he is jerry langford like i feel like i don't know How do you well he he does he, he does achieve it like he achieves it but at, at a, like the very last shot is him achieving yeah, that isn't like, it i don't know then it's the same as taxi driver in that like yeah it could it could well all of those things actually occurred yeah exactly yeah the way i initially saw that scene was i saw that he was initially in an orange suit which basically it's red know, isn't it it's red no, it's orange definitely orange because i remember looking at him thinking is this red and then when it gets to the close-up it's like it's definitely orange it's like jump Prison jumpsuit orange. Oh, and, uh, so I, I, like iron bar, like colored. Let me have and a look. Percent, it looks like he's in prison. We oh, all let's, let's have a look. I want to see this bad boy. I What's yeah, it? you're right. You're right. It's kind of like bars. Yeah, I do think yeah you're right. Really, I don't look know. Like bars. 
I do think the suit is red, though. I do think the suit is red, though, yeah. On everything yeah. I'm looking at, it's red. Oh, I've just seen yeah. the Joker next to it, and the, the shade of red of the Joker's jacket is exactly the same, and that's really upset me. Yeah. All right, are we, ready to, are, we, are we ready to get to the angry part of this podcast? Uh, let, me, let me look at my notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joker. The... the, the I've, the only things I've got left. The first thing I wrote down in my notes was I want to touch everyone's heads. I don't know about you guys. It's like everyone's right. head looks like it's made out of plastic, and I just want to touch it. Is they're all sweaty? Um, I've written down. Um, oh, the guy who wants to sue everyone. Big props to him. Little shout out. <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'm gonna sue you. And then he's like, he's he's gonna sue his own client because he shouts it. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. And, um, He's like, I'm a lawyer. I can do it. Or whatever yeah. it is. And when the and when the uh, the owner of the network's like terrorists, terrorists. What a great <laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting some big moment I that I that we haven't talked about yet. But I feel like we've covered most of it. Have we covered most of it? Yeah. Um. Well, let well let's uh let's just okay. Let's sp- let's all spend the next ten seconds thinking. <laughs> we can always edit this bit out, I and mean, let's just let's just make sure we've, we haven't forgotten anything special. Um. <laughs> no, I've just got some stuff about. I love how quick the opening is. Like, I love that within like maybe three or four minutes, we basically we know Jerry, we know Rupert, we know the stage is set. Like yeah. Know who he wants to be. We we know what he wants to do. I love how quickly like everything the, the is way we find out who Rupert is is brilliant as well. So we find out his name from people like going, "Oh, hi, Jerry." Like, um, fuck, not Jerry. Hi, Rupert. It's like he's he's a he's a very really regu- he's a regular at the back yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like he's he he is um he's the embodiment of all of those people yeah yeah I, yeah because we, we were talking about that earlier weren't we yeah and also going back to another thing even though we keep on jumping back and forth which isn't cool but you know we were talking about his wedding very uncool yeah it's very uncool yeah, his, his wedding as well as it being like obviously his um surrealist imagination but it's like that a wedding is meant to be like the happiest day of your life or whatever so it's almost like he only thinks he can achieve like this happiness if it's like because it's, it's on TV, yeah, isn't it? It's like, because it, yeah. it doesn't even feel like it's it's less even about him being on TV, him being successful, him being a star. He wants to be on the Jerry Langford show, and that's it. And yeah, he wants to do that so much that he even would imagine, oh, where's the best place, the possible best situation that my wedding could be to the girl I love? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the literally it's the only thing he it's the only. Thing he associates with his ha- with his own happiness. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very very clever, and also you know how we were talking about um, how like there could be a, a possible route, like different route of him actually doing it like, the kind of orthodox way and you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But he's like he's like, obsessed with Jerry's personal approval. Do you reckon that that could be like a bit of a daddy issue? Because <laughs> obviously um, he gets like a, he gets like abused by his dad and yeah. we we only ever hear him talking to his mum. So I don't think he had a good relationship with either of his parents, but um, definitely more so with his mum than his dad. And it's almost like he sees Jerry as like a, almost like a father figure because he yeah. he he found that he wanted to pursue comedy when he saw Jerry doing it and saw that Jerry was happy and successful and all this kind of stuff. 
it's so he is the validation that he's looking for i think from yeah the social gratification as it were it's very like there's a there's a very set theme to the entire film and it just carries on building on it until at the very end it's like it's not that hard to pick apart it's like it's very obviously it's very obvious what this film is trying to say but it like does it so brilliantly in like every way these are the kind of films that that make me they just make me so happy because yeah just to the i don't know a lot of films try to do a lot and and achieve a lot of it but they 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 miss their shot on a few things but the film really doesn't do that yeah i also think it's one of the only uh scorsese films that's set in new york that doesn't like it doesn't feel like in new york (laughs) does anyone feel that way it's like it new york is like not it's not relevant it's it's and it's that was, i thought that was quite nice he <laughs> does just sit around and circle jerk new york yeah and that's all you see is just more street lights more new york it's a lot more less in this compared to taxi driver though suit. oh one and thing it, we haven't talked about oh sorry Finish. i was just saying you barely see that in king of comedy yeah you mm. do. yeah go on um yeah, we haven't talked about his bloody hands, mate. His bloody hands at the at the at the end. He's swinging his arms about like it's nobody's. Bit. His arms actually never come down to his side. They are always up in the air. What, when he's and it doing is, the performance. When he's doing the performance, yeah, it's oh, like it's crazy. It's so like grand and um, it's it's crazy. His arms are always up in the air. Yeah. It's it's almost it's almost like he's it's almost like he's 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 like asking for a hug or like or like kind of. Um, even just like it, like acceptance. He wants. Yeah, he wants he's, them he's to to up to all these people, this audience in front of him, and he wants to be embraced by them. Yeah, it's great. He looks so different in this film to how he looks in Taxi Driver. Yeah, I think that helps me. That helped me a lot to like dis, like to disconnect the two. Yeah, that was all the Tash, so big Tash different. action. Also, just like a bit bigger. And that really helps. Yeah. I think, I really do think it's his best performance personally. Because, like, I think, although his performance in Taxi Driver is, like, is iconic and ridiculously good, as well as loads of his other stuff, I feel like it's it's so much harder to convey the kind of uh, painful awkwardness in this to compare to the painful awkwardness in Taxi Driver. Because there's, like, a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of parallels, the two, between, like, like, uh, drawn out scenes that, like, don't need to be, like as long as they are or with like the interactions so, you know that the the big famous scene in taxi driver when the camera pans away from the phone call as if it's like yeah. the camera's finished with that that with that moment before yeah. travis can eat like even realizes that it's over yeah it's like that it that is the conversations that he has with jerry on the steps just in a different yeah. format yeah it's yeah, yeah. I, I i compared that shot to the, the camera pulling away of from him in front of the black and white crowd. To me, they basically felt like the exact same shot. Yeah, the, yeah, very similar, yeah. Well, I think the taxi driver one's more effective because the way it just, like, the camera just seems more interested in that, like, drab, empty hallway. Yeah. Than, like, being on that pathetic tone of Travis anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels, it felt much more human. And I think also because when I was seeing the King of Comedy scene where the camera's pulling away, 
my like all I could picture in my mind was just David Lynch like smoking cigarettes and chanting <laughs> manic. So, yeah, he was outside the set like uh, shouting at everything. Yeah, his big megaphone, and he's like, "Can you cry? Can you more? cry more, please?" <laughs> uh, who who cares how long I've seen it? Who cares it... how long I've seen it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, there we go. Joker, 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 Joker. I, like I don't even have that much to say about Joker. I just want to put it out there that yep. how funny it's... it is that you can basically. Yeah. I think you could cut like Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy together, together. Um, mm-hmm. into a film that was like thematically and hit the same beats as the Joker. There's yeah. like, yeah. you can literally put two, this scene with this scene. I'd say it's it's about 70 King of Comedy, 30 Taxi Driver. But yeah. It's like, yeah. There's so many scenes that are like, oh, okay, I remember that scene in Joker. This is the same scene. And it but happens better. for like every single scene. It's like yeah. when he gets beaten up in the alleyway by the kids, and it's like in Taxi Driver when the kids are like throwing the eggs at his car. It's like yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, and, also, and when he stood outside and the red lights on him, and the guy walks past, and it's like slow. Slow. Oh, brilliant! Exactly That's fucking same, amazing. Exact same yeah, shot in Joker. Yeah, and I. <sighs> I, I I was sitting uh, with my parents earlier at dinner and we talked about it a little bit and and my dad said yeah but 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 all films copy stuff from other films which is oh, which is all art is theft as they literally, say literally I I remember my my first day of of uni doing film my tutor literally said copy and steal whatever the hell you want from anyone because it don't matter that is yeah. literally what my lecturer told me on my first day. It's very true. And, and I'm pretty sure um, my, yeah, my, I'm sure my tutor at college said the exact same thing. He told it, he literally, we'd have like dedicated moments to walk around and look at everyone else's work just so we could take pieces from really? other people's work. That's quite different. I feel like copying your peers in a, in a classroom environment. Well, not, 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 co- not copying, but like it, he was very, he was very um, heavy on the idea that in, like inspiration from other artists, yeah. like no matter who they are. Uh, student or um, I actually think established artist was being a revolutionary and actually he was making a meta film analysis where he was Rupert Pumpkin <laughs> Pumpkin Jerry. he was Richard That's Pumpkin actually what was occurring I don't know I don't think Todd's got it in him that was, that was big simping for Marty can I just point out that didn't Marty say that he hated Joker um, I don't well, know. Marty I feel like on Joker until like 2018 when he dropped out. Um, so I've always, and then I've I've look, I've watched a couple of roundtables that, ha- that have had him in where they've talked about whether Joker is like legit or not, whether it's just yeah. a, a yeah. way superhero film or it's legit. And he always seems, he seems quite positive about it. Usually, like he doesn't. Marty's not out here saying he's been ripped off. Uh, and i think that like i imagine him having meetings with todd phillips where he was like yeah we're gonna go sort of a king of comedy taxi driver route with this character and and marty was like yeah that sounds great and marty was like yeah he's gonna bloody homage me it's gonna be wonderful i'm gonna be homage and then he got to he he got to the bloody movie theater on opening day and he was like bloody hell i'm watching my own movie again (laughs) he's he's already signed the contract with todd he can't chat shit about him anymore yeah (laughs) 
But when he behind closed doors, Mai's definitely ripping into Todd. <laughs> it's, it's I'm literally on Letterboxd right now looking. The most popular review is Todd Phillips is Rupert Pumpkin, and that's it. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. That's pretty great. I agree with that. I I I don't think Todd Phillips, like I don't I don't think he's. I don't know. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's smart enough to do that. In all honesty, me, me too. And to be honest, like when you look at everything else he's made, when the best thing on there is the Hangover, yeah, it's like yeah, there's. I mean, you could maybe argue that War Dogs was better, but that wasn't a good film either. Yeah, yeah. The best thing about that was just bloody, uh, <laughs> bloody Jonah Hill's laugh. That, that was it. Just Jonah Hill will be an absolute legend. Not, not even that. Just, his, just him laughing. <laughs> That's it. Did he do Jude as well? For yeah. God's sake, so he definitely. Of course, he did. Watch, he? When he said Jude, I thought you meant like it was like a, like as in Jewish no. people. Was that oh, funny? You were like no. the World War Two Holocaust film. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Jude. No, no, it's, it's my Jude, and it's like the Jude is the day when the Nazis finally come for you and take you from yeah. Rome. Everyone gets given their yes. Jude. <laughs> All right, we've just, we just got cancelled before we even right, started. That, that was cancellation material. Damn it. <laughs> nah, it's not the first. We talked about Hitler earlier. It's, well, we, I mean, we quoted someone saying Hitler. We quoted now Jerry. we're talking about starting a Jew day. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> On episode one and we're already cancelled. Yeah. Oh. Um, how long have we been going for then? Oh, an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah, my battery's about to die on my laptop. Yeah. Oh dear. So, should, we, should we wrap this up? Should we, should we take a pause and then wrap this up? Yeah, okay. Everyone pause. Take a pause and wrap this up. I'll, I'll, wrap, I'll wrap it up if you want. Do a bit of taking turns action. Ollie's wrapping it up. Okay. I'm ra- I'm, I'll, ra- I'll, 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 I'll wrap it as well. I actually right. wrote this earlier. Go on, go on. <laughs> no, I'm go on. I wish I did. So, right, Toby, put a fat beat down. Quick, beatbox. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, oh, did, did anyone see that that great um thing i shared on my instagram the other day and it was it was julia fox and uncut gems and it was like oh did we just win and then it was like the, the next scene was just in subtitles just, it just says starts beatboxing and our hands over our mouth <laughs> it's <laughs> actually hilarious i love this so much but all right well, anyway well, yeah on that note um thanks for listening everyone this has been the first episode of screen four the podcast with the boys. The podcast, um, the true podcast. The podcast with the boys. I've been Ollie. George has been George. Toby's been Toby. Um, and Ollie's been Ollie. I've been me. Yeah, I'm sure. There, I'm sure there'll be links to our boxes in the <laughs> in the body description. There'll be, there'll be links to everything. <laughs> yeah, including Mr. Scene, the Instagram. I'm Jake. But yeah, that's it. I guess. That's pretty cool. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening and uh See you next uh, week. Yeah, I'm gonna try and convince these two to Evil Dead, so we'll see if that happens. Oh, I'm already convinced. I'm already convinced. Well, it might be the Evil Dead trilogy, we'll see. Bye. Bye everyone, thank you. There we go. Jerry, you're a prince.